You are listening to Intro to Extra, the life and times of polar people, the podcast where an introvert and extrovert talk about how they perceive and experience life differently through random musings and anecdotes. This podcast is meant to explore experiences and is intended to provide a certain level of empathetic understanding. In no way are the opinions expressed in this discussion an absolute about introvert and extrovert realities, simply two individuals' awareness of each other's methods of coping with their existence in the world. Each week we will discuss a new phenomenon and will end when we feel we've exhausted enough experiences or no one actually listens. Hi, I'm Greg. The extrovert. And I'm Ross, the introvert. And today, Greg, we have a riveting topic. Something that literally we do five days a week, and that's work. Well, maybe maybe four for some of us. But we're going to talk about work today, Greg. Are you excited? That's where you get to meet people. It, well, nowadays, I mean, I, I, I am excited that we get to talk about work. I mean, we definitely walk through quarantine we kind of touched on it a little bit but i am excited about diving into the discussion around work and its dynamics for being an introvert and extrovert so i so so while i while i look at myself in the zoom video here and my hairstyle as you referred to it earlier as 16 year old emo i'm going to i'm going to go with silver lining and say i still look young for my age so thank you <laughs> thank you for that greg <laughs> I, whatever helps. I th- I think to myself of wow, man, my wardrobe has you know has really uh, has really changed from a work perspective, right? I don't I don't have to worry about dressing. And I I mean I didn't dress up. I know you were you were a dress up for work type of guy, right? You did what ties ties on Tuesday. Ties on Tuesday. Right? What was what Tuesday. was that? So so yeah. was that for was that for a. Let me be honest with me. Was that for attention, Greg? Was that so people would talk to you? Come on now. Actually, it was the obverse. It was people actually, I recognized that I started getting, I started on the phones at the company that I started with. My first job was answering phone calls, which is a great job for an extrovert, by the way. And, uh, you know, you just get used to wearing jeans and a, and you know, a t-shirt or a polo shirt or whatever it is. And, and then as time goes on, you just forget to iron it. You, you just, your pants yeah. just were like whatever was on the floor last night. I'm going to wake up and put those on. Like I was that guy. And I realized, you know what? I need to treat this like a real job. Like actually, like I am a professional in the market and I need to, I need to find a moment to do it. And so one day I just r- dressed up in a suit and I came to work and everybody asked me if I had a funeral or if I was at a job interview. And I was like, well, wait, so if I'm going to do this and I want to avoid those questions, then I have to be consistent with it. Surprisingly, ah. surprisingly, it took it took two years before people really recognized that I was started a changing my wardrobe and B would dress up really like really professional on one day a week. Yeah. And so so did you so you're saying it took two years before they finally just both recognized and didn't ask the questions? No. And then and then as I as as time went on, I began to buy a lot more louder clothes. But before it was much more muted. It was just, you know, it was cream and black and blue. It was not very much like, 
it wasn't the loud reds and oranges and purples that I wear today. Yeah, yeah, I've, um, I've, I believe there was a jack o' lantern suit or some yeah, some yeah, sort of pumpkin yeah. suit. Is that is that? Correct? Well, those are those are comical, right? Those are designed specifically. Be, actually, the story behind that is someone asked me if I would wear one, and I said, "Of course, of I would course, wear one." Of course, of course, you would wear one. We're talking a hundred dollars for a gag. I'll do that. I mean, look, I bought backdrops for Zoom now, so that I have these backdrops that I can say that I'm in Hawaii or in a spaceship or something else. You know, everybody does the virtual backdrop in Zoom, and I've got real static backdrops here. So commi- that's commitment, man. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate I appreciate the commitment. So, but it's interesting. It wasn't. I think it was for anti-attention. I think I started dressing up originally because people gave me too much attention for this kind of slovenly look that I had. I didn't expect it to be. And then the negative attention that came from dressing up, which then became even more pronounced because people were like, oh, wow, you're dressing up now. What are you trying to make us all look bad, blah, blah. I tried to avoid both of those types of attention. Um, and then as I became more confident in the role, and the roles that I had, then it was easier for me to play off of it. Then it became much more of a calling card, and I liked and enjoyed it. But I didn't necessarily enjoy it right away. Yeah, well, and it's interesting for me from my perspective with with clothing and like what I what I wear at work. If you know, in the office, right? I'm a polo type of person, jeans. It's accepted. That's an ex- definitely an accepted cultural thing at where I work, and I. Definitely, I'm going to dress to where it's not going to draw attention to me, right? I don't want I don't want a random stranger to say, "Hey, that looks really nice. I love that tie." You know those type of things. I do not. I definitely do not want that type of attention. However, I will tell you, I have worn shirts intentionally to elicit a response with with my team. You know, my direct team, the people I have a relationship and built. Right? I have. I have a Disney shirt that I wore and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to meet with the team. You know, I'm, I'm a big Disney fan, so I'm going to wear that. And I got, I listed a response and I liked that. I did that specifically for that response to stir up a conversation and talk about things amongst my smaller team. Now, do I want that type of, you know, hallway attention? You know, and I work, I work in a fairly large company. So, you know, there's hallway attention, right? You don't know everybody Every, you don't know everybody in the building. I don't, I don't want that. So for me, typically it's wear the standard quote uniform, if you will, and, and move on. Because when I wear a tie, typically it is for a funeral or a job interview, right? Like that's, that's how it's going to, I tried the tie Tuesday thing for a while and it just wasn't worth, and it just wasn't worth the effort for me, right? And I think that's, I don't, I don't know how much, I mean, definitely what you choose to buy from a clothing perspective is going to play into, is going to play into that discussion about whether or not introverts or extroverts. I would imagine that an extrovert is probably much more open to having something a bit alternative as opposed to an introvert. A good, I think that's probably, I mean, my clothes definitely stand out. You don't, you don't miss me walking yeah. around. Right. Yeah. And I think. That's the same thing. And we talked about a little bit about that the very first podcast. We talked about I showed up at the meeting with the cufflinks and the jacket, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely noticeable. So there's that. I. But I mean, at the same time, I'm going to be, I'm going to be intentional, right, about what I wear. Right? Like, I think a lot about it. I, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of other things to discuss when I lay out all my clothes for the week. Let's call it being organized because what it is but you know i'm gonna 
if I'm wearing shoes that are different than I normally wear, not like tennis shoes or something, I was very thoughtful about that. And there's a reason I wore those because maybe I do want to look a little bit nicer for a meeting or, you know, I want to, I want to make an impression. So it's not, it's not saying that I try to completely fly under radar. I put thought into it, but I think to your point is an extrovert. I, I see it as, as an introvert. I don't see it, my clothing as part of my overall persona and the work I do versus as an extrovert, the extroverts I do know, it's very much right. Like there's, there's, there's another gentleman that I'm thinking of that we totally have to bring on as a guest who loves his shoes and he will call out his sneakers when he's wearing new ones. Like, dude, check these out because he's in, he's like, he wants to, that's, that's what he's excited about. But anyways, so enough about, enough about clothing choices. I just thought that was, uh, as I, as I look at me wearing my tool shirt and my 16 emo, I guess it really does, even though tool's not necessarily emo, but it, it jogged my memory of, of a time when I had to choose my wardrobe a little bit better. So, Yeah, I think, I think it, is, it is just one of those factors that as extroverts and introverts, I don't know how much thought goes into it now, but I'm sure there's that conversation. I'm sure there's that conversation when you wake up. I mean, I do it when you're going to go out, you're going to go to dinner, you're going to go on a date, whatever it is, you have that conversation. What message am I sending with this outfit? Uh, I think that even on a t-shirt and jeans, you're still asking yourself, what message does this sound send? And it's really strange people that, pro- in my opinion, that probably don't do that at some level. I would just imagine the introvert probably is asking himself, how do I blend in more? How do I stay more with the crowd? And as an extrovert, you're saying to yourself, how do I, how do I potentially, is this a conversation starter? Is this going to have more notice? Is this going to have more play? Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, am I going to get some more people interaction out of this and, you know, going through that now you, you said something earlier, you worked on the phones. So I want to ask you the question because mainly I'm still trying to think of what my answer would be and I'll get there. What was for your personality type and being, being an extrovert, someone who likes that interaction, you obviously said phone jobs are great for extroverts, at least were for you. What was the hardest job for you? And not saying it was, it was bad or it was a terrible job, but what was the most difficult one for you to flex and truly get enjoyment out of? Well, I mean, in fairness, Ross, actually, phones was great the first year when it was new, and I was with a whole group of people, and I had a lot of fun, and I was taking phone calls, and it was it was fast, and I was really good at sales, so I was having high referral marks. I was good at that job. And then the following year, they put me on a team by myself for six hours Ooh. at night in Ooh. a building all by myself. Oh, man. So what I, and, and I think we've talked about it before, but I'm not sure we've talked about it. We haven't definitely haven't talked about it in this format. So I had, I had figured out how to hook up all of the Y cords that are available for the headsets so that I could walk all over the building. I could, <laughs> and because I was only taking one phone call an hour, I would just, I would you actually just like take pace around. No, I take the headset in the bathroom because I was only taking one phone call an hour. Like I only once in a whole year did I ever get a call. Um, so I just walk around the whole time, I'd bounce the ball against the windows. I could actually walk down the stairs, like all the way down. Cause I had hooked up everyone's Y cord and at night I'd put everybody's Y cord back. So they had no idea that I took all their Y cords out. Oh man. In today's pandemic environment, that just, that just caused everybody <laughs> to f- lose their mind right now. Like, Oh my God, germs. 
Well, they didn't lock their drawers, but I, mm-hmm. but I was so Policy. alone. I, I it really did cause, it really did cause some serious, um, damage to my psyche. I really hated my job. I used to, I used to call my parents and just complain about how just how awful this job was because at four o'clock when everyone went home, I was there for six hours by myself at night with no action and no activity. Uh, and while I did get to work on my master's degree, it was, it was psychologically damaging. Um, I only had one other, I only had one other time where that was the case. And that was, that was due to bullies, but that's, that was later on in my career and, and, and very different. Um, I think the harder jobs for me are the ones that involve no people. Yeah. If I have to do just a task by myself, I love group work. I'm that guy in school who absolutely loves group work. Other people hate it. They're like, I hate group work. I'll do most of the work. Here's the best part about being in my group. I will do most of the work as long as there's people there with me to do it. God, where were you in my group work life? (laughs) Well, I know where you were. You were there, but I always avoided you. (laughs) I was like, I was like, look down, look the other way. We got a crazy person coming my way. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think for me, the harder jobs are the ones in which I was expected to do quite a bit of stuff by myself. I'm having a hard time in the job I'm at now. I think in some ways, because I am by my, while I have a team and things, there's, there's a lot of maturity that needs to happen with with the staff to get to where I'm at. Yep. And so there's still a lot of work, right? And being that we're in Zoom land, yep. doing the work by myself makes it makes it challenging. Yeah. And and so thinking about what you said about being a job in a job all alone was tough for you. I I don't think it would be any easier for me, right? Being an introvert, you you would think, oh, they're gonna love that. You know, there's not a lot of people. I've got to have, I've got to have some sort of team. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm the type of person I love to research something. So I love to dig in and research something on my own, right? Like if you say we're going to have a group project, one, I would like to know who my team members are going to be so I can better understand that. But I would prefer for the first couple of weeks, go do some individual research on your own. Then we're going to come back and start a group project. So I think from a work standpoint, I would probably enjoy that kind of like you did with the call with the one where you were on phones with a team for the first little bit. I'd be like, Oh my goodness, I get autonomy. There's not a lot of interaction. I can focus on things, right? Or I could really dive into stuff. But at some point in time, I would want some sort of strong relationship. Now I wouldn't want to be handling calls all day long. Cause for me, that's like, meeting a new person all day long. Right. And we'll get to, I don't know if we talked about, no, I don't think we talked about, uh, going to conferences. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to that later, but it's for me, it would, it would be challenging too. I would desire a, a group of people, but three or four people that I'm really close with. Some of the best teams I ever worked with were five or six people that I had worked with for a year or two. And that was, that was my favorite thing to work on. Now, question for you, going back, just so so our audience is is aware, you know, our audience of four and a half, because we probably we're probably losing someone. What was your? Uh, <laughs> stay here. You'll you'll want you'll want to hear the answer to this. I promise. What was your? Uh, what was Greg's handle time on these calls with people? Because I feel like you would get so excited that you would be talking to these people. Like I hope you were in a situation where it was like a relationship building call, not transactional based, but maybe I'm wrong. Were you like a knock them out or were you like, eh, how's the weather? Those type of things. 
Well, it depends, right, Ross? I mean, uh, in the no, beginning, it I, Greg, come on, it's 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 transactional. That's what no, I in the beginning. Know. In the beginning, in the beginning, I had pretty fast handle times because the yeah. calls were. I was handling a credit card product. It really was, hey, you called in, you want to make a payment or whatever it is, and okay. we're in and out, we're transactional. Okay, I'm looking for the angle of where I'm going to fit in to sell, right? Okay. Sell you something. Okay. So those were good calls. Uh, moving into when I only had one call an hour, I would pray for the old guy. I'd pray for oh. the guy that wants to sit there and talk to yeah. me for an hour. Yeah. yeah. And I would just sit and listen, kind of similar. I mean, I would just sit and listen to him. Yeah. And because because uh, you you're you were you were right there with them. You just wanted someone to talk yeah, to as well. Please right? talk to me. Please spend time with me. It's like please. no. It's like please, please. tell me what's on please. the what's tell me what's on the only sold on TV commercial right now. Let's talk through it. Is it one of those knives that can cut through metal? Please, let's just talk about anything, sir. And surprisingly, I, I liked listening to them talk to me about. You know, sometimes they give me advice on investments or different things. It was sure. always interesting to talk to them. I, I've been accused of being a big talker, which mm, I'm not necessarily saying it's untrue. Uh, but <laughs> but I do like to listen. Um, I do like to listen. It's not just completely just one-sided conversation. Yeah, well, what do, what do they say? Like, you're supposed to, you have two ears and one mouth. You're supposed to listen twice as much as you speak, right? Well, right. that's... Uh, it's it's easy. You just speak a whole lot, so you just have to listen a whole lot more, right? It's just it's, it's a ratio. I think I I feel that you keep up that ratio, Greg. I well, thanks. Like, I feel I, feel like you're very effective at that ratio. Well, that's good because I I don't always know. I if you talk to my parents, they'd probably tell me that I don't listen enough. But I think the the part of it for me, I think the part of it for me in the listening the listening avenue is that I am not so good at asking people questions. It's not because I don't care. It's because you have to say something that's really interesting for me to like go then dig in. And then I have this problem with filters that like, I, I don't know the boundaries of normal conversation. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Let's ask questions about their mother. They started, they, they hit on something. Let's talk. So oh your mother's an immigrant. So you're, so you're, you're the she's reason. She's from the Sudan. I mean, the, this really happened. You're the reason. I was like, she's from the Sudan. Yeah. You're the reason <laughs> that companies put in the, uh, the whole training on what questions you should and shouldn't ask. You're like. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, can't ask. Oh yeah, that in question. an interview, I'm absolutely professional because I just ask the yeah. questions on the sheet, and I know the whatever. Yep, and yep. So stick so with the, stick with the script. Now, off, yeah. Now, now you, <laughs> no filter. <laughs> Remember that time <laughs> we were. <laughs> so so Greg and I, I'll I'll try to set context, even though even though I'm not not necessarily going to be as effective as Greg would be at this. We were we had breakfast pretty pretty regularly. And usually when we finish breakfast, we go put our, put our food away or the containers. And typically the walk, you know, when you start walking, you get real smart, you know, you got, you get the, the juices flowing and we were having a pretty healthy, I wouldn't say it was debate, but we were having a pretty animated conversation right outside one of the main, you know, main cafeterias. And Greg's, Greg is talking and, you know, I'm, I'm already slowly starting to back away like all right getting a little too animated there's other people around let's not call attention to this oh no 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 we've got some we've got some gentleman walk by just unassuming gentleman and greg decides to just pull this guy in who turned out to be a high level executive just decides to pull this guy in and tell him his opinion now greg <laughs> 
Do you do that all the time? All that, the time. Cause that, cause that, oh my goodness. I was so embarrassed. I'll be honest folks. I was embarrassed. It, it has only backfired on me one time. I was actually telling this story the other day. It only backfired me on one time. And that's because the individual actually was an overhearer. He was not necessarily part of the conversation. I would have pulled him in had I wanted to be included, mm. but he only listened to the last couple sentences I said. And in context, if you just heard those last few sentences, yeah, it was absolutely controversial. Yep. But had you heard the rest of the conversation, it would have you would have understood why I wanted to. And and I am I am you know I am the type of person I've been in, I I don't like to cross lines as Dave Chappelle says a perpetual line crosser. I'm not a perpetual line crosser. I just walk right up to the line and I go, hey, look, there's a line. Hey, what's up, line? How you doing, line? I'm going to walk all down this line, just completely all up and down the line. You and the line, you and the line become good friends. You know, right. you know when to push it and when not to. Right. And I don't even and, know what the line looks like, Greg. I am so far away from the line. I know what the line looks like because I've hung out with you, which is why from a polar opposite personality perspective, I appreciate you for that because it's good to know where I will never go. Yeah. <laughs> well, the line is important. I think, I think learning, and I realize it's about business and I'm starting to realize the difference between, I think kind of these behemoth businesses and kind of the, sh the startup cultures. Um, I mean, you have the worst examples of it, like Uber and others that have, that have these reputations with CEOs and cultures of just nastiness um, underneath them because of just kind of the pervasive under, they were unchecked and unbalanced throughout their history. So mm -hmm. that by the time they become a behemoth organization, that pervasive culture there, vice has had that issue. Other companies, well, vice makes sense. Come on. You're in the, you, you talk about anyways, but pervasive cultures. However, I think in behemoth organizations, big bureaucratic arms, learning and conversation stops. We no longer have healthy debates about things. We no longer push the envelope of what is right and what is wrong. We, we, we shoot for don't rock the boat. Don't yeah. change anything. Yeah. And do, do you think the culture, because shifting a culture is very difficult. Do you think that it's easier? Because I, I actually find it, you know, when I, when I see companies trying to change the culture, it's actually encouraging to me as an introvert, because I, I've already thought long and hard about, you know, posturing for these things, the things that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go up to that line, but oftentimes in order to change culture, you have to go to that line and you have to push that line. So is it easier to embrace a culture change as, you know, as an extrovert versus an introvert? Cause I, I feel like, oh yeah, I can embrace the culture change really well as an introvert, but am I really going to be the person that helps change the culture? And I think, I think that is true, right? I do think that there are those who have, have loud voices who can eloquently put things so that other people rally behind them. There are leaders, right? Innately, I think there are leaders, introverts and extroverts. So let's take that out of the bucket because I think that's, that's the first part you have to answer yes. is that there are some people that Absolutely. are, are change, change people. Of both, of both styles, right? Of both, both introversion styles. and extroversion. Yeah. And some work better than others. I think introverts in some ways can change things through the, their methods of probably working on policies and things like that, not to overly stereotype, but change it through other means. And I think extroverts are probably the type that are like, Hey, what's up? Open the door, punch in the face verbally, and then walk out. I mean, 
yeah. think there's those I think there's those people in, in style style is what we're talking about in personality type yes I do think that there are introverted change agents I don't think that that's not the case there's enough TED talks to suggest that there are introverted change agents what I do think is interesting though and I think it's a question is how much of your introversion and extroversion plays well it's not even an interesting thought. It's just a reality. No one's going to blame Tom Hanks for not for being an, like not being an extrovert. That guy's an extrovert, right? You watch him on anything, you see him. He's an extrovert, right? He did an interview with with recently. I think it was a, a few months ago, and he talked about the pervasiveness of of sexual harassment and and abuse in the system after Weinstein, whatever. And the interesting question to me the whole time was not about whether or not he's an extrovert or introvert. The question was, if you knew about it, why didn't you say something? And then you realize that 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 culture that culture controls and restricts because if he had come out he would lose his jobs and so his own self interest prevented him from coming out. Yeah, and and even even then, even, what's, what's interesting is even a voice that you know somebody is so respected, like Tom Hanks, right? I love Tom Hanks. Even a voice like his can be squashed by a very strong and pervasive culture, whether good or bad, it can be, it can get lost in that, right? And there's, it seems like there's a tipping point. And I always wonder that tipping point, is it, is it a type of personality, right? Like you said, is it just enough change agents, I guess? And it's on both, because you need personalities on both, right? You need the people who are going to be the megaphones and amplifying that. You need the people working, behind the scenes, really diving into that. But I think from a, from a culture perspective, I don't know, I guess, I guess there's a balance, right? There wasn't really, I wasn't really looking for a right answer. I was just curious your perspective on if you felt for you, it's easier to embrace a culture shift when a company's like, yeah, we're going to do a culture shift. Are you, are you skeptical? Oh, I'm always skeptical. I mean, change is always hard. I think change is hard. Again, it doesn't have anything to do with person. It doesn't yeah. have anything to do with necessarily extrovert or introvert. I think change is always hard. Mm-hmm. I think, I do think the one thing that is different is that extroverts, at least me being an extrovert, can see, even if change is hard and they see it and they're resistant, et cetera, they see the benefit of people. They have a group. They're going to rally behind it, et cetera. Introverts, and it's about controls, right? I think introverts probably in their way of, of managing how much interaction they have with people probably have more controls they stand to lose in a cultural change. Mm, that's, that's, a, that's a good perspective. I never thought about it. Because extroverts don't have that many. We, we don't, I mean, obviously, if I'm out there saying a bunch of random crazy stuff talking about the corporate values and its embodiment sure. and, or whatever, um, out loud in the middle of a hallway, uh, your you're okay in more more cases than not that a change is going to happen good bad or indifferent at least it's change this is something but i don't know how much of that is the extrovert as much as it is just my personality type but i do think most extroverts are probably okay with change culturally when it has to do with interaction levels overt people stuff i would imagine if you change their job a bit though they'd freak out just as much an introvert would Got it. All right. Well, when we come back from the break, let's talk a little bit about conferences, Greg. Thank you for listening to this week's Intro to Extra. 